Hey, Ben, have you heard the good news? Oh, I wasn't ready. You're not ready for the 50th episode? Whoa! Whoa! It's good news with Ben and Sarah. It's good news every night and day. If you got good news, send it to us. Now here's good news for everyone. I, <laughs> you're, you're counting these? Yes! <laughs> I label them with the number. That's how I know this is the 50th episode of Good News with Ben and Sarah. I'm Sarah. I'm Ben. And this is a podcast that I've done 50 times now where I go through the last week's news and I find all the nice stuff. That's that's weeks both plural and possessive. Because it's... Yes. Because we don't release every week. <laughs> Correct. I had to... Weeks. For my mental health throughout throughout the episodes, I, I've had an erratic schedule that I'm trying to fix mm-hmm. however I can, but <laughs> I, considering... We've done something 50 times. Yes. It's impressive. Not counting Warrior Cats cast and get trekked. Right. 50 times. Well, I'm not in either of those. I said we. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 episodes. That's a huge landmark for us. And I have... A very special episode today for you uh, all. Are we going to learn about Stranger Danger? Wow. No. <laughs> oh, drug, not, drug awareness. It's not an after school special. Is that a very special episode? Okay. How to deal with the death of a loved one? Wow. Stop it. Trying to think you what, are really bringing what very, down this. Where, what the very special episodes are. Well, if you hush up and pay attention, you'll learn very quickly. And we're going to start with headliners, as always. These are the big ticket news items from around the world that you should know about. And to start, uh, this first story might be a little controversial, but it kept coming up, so I thought I should add it. Nova Scotia has become the first North American state to ban the act of declawing cats when it's not medically necessary. Nova Scotia's a state? Yes. Province. State province in Canada. I it was just yeah. a city. No. <laughs> okay. The local veterinary association debated and decided that elective declawing was unethical. Sometimes declawing is a medical necessity, such as when the cat has really bad infections, but cat scratching is a very normal behavior for them. It's how they protect themselves, maintain their balance, and mark their territory. Yeah. So these vets have decided they won't be doing the procedure any longer. That's good. Now, for pet owners who feel that they have a need to stop their cats from using their claws, I'm not passing judgment on you. I am. Okay. I'm just saying. There's, <clears throat> I've, I've had a cat that was declawed and wasn't, and, like, honestly, not that big a deal. Like, my life didn't change. Like, yeah, okay, I had a little bit of furniture get clawed up. And that's on me for not taking preventative measures to keep the cat from clawing at the furniture. And it wasn't it wasn't like we lost... Honestly, the amount of furniture I've had clawed up probably was valued at less than what it would have cost to have her declawed. Well, I was going to say, um, you, you talked about preventative measures. I would like to turn your attention to soft paw nail caps. They are a gentle, non-toxic alternative that doesn't cause harm to your cat. And I don't know how much declawing costs, but it has to be a whole lot more than $20, which is what these cost. Huh. Uh, they also make them for dogs if you have hardwood floor that's uh, getting scratched up. 
and the caps come in all kinds of colors, which looks silly and hilarious on your cat. How well do those actually, like, stay on, though? They stay on for about eight weeks. Um, and do then you th- apply them? Yes. Huh. You apply, it comes with a non-toxic adhesive. You just slip oh, them on, glued on. Yeah, okay. you just slip them onto their their paw, their their claws, and um, after about eight weeks, they will just naturally fall off, and then you can just replace them. And it was twenty dollars for like forty. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, the thing is, like, most people when they declaw their cats, they only do the front claws. Yeah. Like most people, those are the people that are like, at least somewhat reasonable. Mm-hmm. Because, like, cats need their back claws for a lot of things. But, I don't know. I'm still just, like, at the point of the cat needs its claws for a reason. Especially if the cat's going to be outdoors at all, it needs its claws. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, it even says if your cat is an outdoor cat, you shouldn't use these. Yeah. The cat needs its claws. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I find just trimming... Yeah, you can safely and harmlessly trim your cat's claws. Yeah, trimming is fine. I mean, you need to trim them. Yes. Because if the cat's not an outdoor cat and doesn't have, like, rough things to... Like, the scratching posts we give them aren't really that great at wearing the claws down. Maybe it's just the one we have isn't that great, but I don't even know if the cardboard ones are all that great. But, like... Outdoor cats have the advantage of, like, sometimes they walk on different surfaces and concrete, and they climb trees, or have at least, like, hardwood trees to scratch against, and that wears their claws down. I've, I've gone without trimming my cat's claws sometimes, and, like, they really have the potential to, like, hook over, and that's not comfortable for anybody. Yeah. So... I mean, it's not only safe, it's necessary to trim their claws. And I'm, again, like, it's just part of cat ownership. My dad used to, like, every cat he owned, they declawed. And he doesn't do that anymore because of just the information that's out there. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty, like, once you really stop to think about it, it's like, it's pretty inhumane. Yeah, because so if my you, conservative yeah. father can change his mind on that after <laughs> owning like a dozen cats in his life, I'm sure like anybody can let that one go. Well, and your dad bought like a pedigree cat, and I have to wonder if the breeder told him, "Do not declaw this cat." No, no. I mean, he. Well, maybe. That was also part of it, but he said, like, I would never do that again anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering like, if, I like, to if him the about breeder it. started it. But, yeah, that's Maybe. good. I mean, that might be, like, again, I don't know where he got the information. I think he even said he regretted um, after a couple... Of, I think he found this out, like, a couple of years after we got Sassy and declawed her. Oh, okay. Because I think he even after that regretted it. Because she was a semi-outdoor cat. I mean, she yeah, would go right. and she hang out in the backyard. Yeah. So... And he was, like, kind of aware of the fact that she was hindered because of it. And, like, was more or less stuck on the ground all the time because of it, so. So, yeah, um, if you you love cats, if you have cats and you don't want them clung up your furniture, just do a Google search. There's a lot of preventative measures out there to help that will not hurt your cat, I promise. Declawing is not necessary. Yeah. Okay. Man, you need to start with the really... Yeah. I hope you got some good fluff to come. I have a lot of this. fluff. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a whole state passed a 
huge law. That's of course I'm going to start with that one. Here comes the fluff. Yeah. yeah well, wait. So how? By the way, like how they? Because you said a bunch of vets decided we're not going to do it anymore. How did that translate to well, then a they law went, getting passed? They lobbied their local officials okay. to make it a law. And then because they, they did a recommendation. Oh, like okay. how public health, they'll recommend like, hey, we need to tell people to wear seatbelts oh, okay. to prevent car crash death. Yes, same thing. Gotcha. Okay, moving on. As of last month, there is a new world's oldest cat. <laughs> Rubble the cat was born in 1988 and has lived with the same owner for the past 30 years. He's a gorgeous orange and white big boy and with the <laughs> celebration of his big day, he is the oldest cat alive and just eight years shy of becoming the oldest cat ever. The birthday party was held at the local vet's office where he got a special meal and a free checkup. His owner, Michelle, says she wasn't planning on going for any record-breaking with him, as Rubble has become rather grumpy in his older age and wouldn't appreciate the fame. <laughs> Michelle credits Rubble's longevity to the fact that she's never had any children of her own and treats him like her own son. She has had one other cat in the past that lived to be 25, so she must be on to something. How heavy was he? Or how big is he? He's like the size of a male Maine Coon. In fact, he probably was was a Maine Coon. He's a very large cat, like not fat, but like the poof. No, I know, but you, I'm asking. You said his weight, didn't you? I said he's a big boy. He's an oh. orange and white big boy. Oh, I thought you said how heavy he was. I was just curious. Yeah. I wanted to compare him to our cat. I'm sure he's bigger than Sheila. Because Sheila is like eight pounds. Yeah, she needs to bulk up. Yeah. She needs to get she some protein. She used to be ten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she started going outside and running around, so she's exercising more. She yeah. needs to bulk up. She needs more food. We need to get her more fancy feast. Yeah. Yeah. So, congratulations to Rubble. He's adorable. Look him up. He's got cute pictures. And our final story in Headliners. This is one about cats, too. Felicette is a name with great historical significance, though most don't know who she is. But scientist Matthew Serge Guy is dedicated to reminding us of her contribution to science. In October 1963, Felicette was propelled to a height of 97 miles for five minutes of weightlessness before she parachuted back to Earth and was picked up by a helicopter uh, just 13 minutes after launch. She survived the trip safely and helped prove that space travel could be possible for humans. Because you see, Felicette was a cat. And although her monkey and canine cohorts have had numerous honors and ceremonial burials, Felicette's memory has been mostly lost to time. Matthew found her likeness printed on a novelty tea towel and began obsessively researching her. <laughs> she was one of 13 cats trained for the mission and was ultimately chosen because of her calm demeanor. <laughs> trained. Yes. More like, oh, we, we budget cuts this year, we need animals to test... Stray cats are really easy to find. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, and they cost a lot less to take care for than dogs or chimps. Matthew started a Kickstarter to fund... Cats are basically little furry people, right? If they live in space, we should be fine. That was actually, yes, that was... <laughs> the it, thought process? The thought process was if an animal can survive up there in a spaceship, then so can humans. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a yeah. relatively reasonable assessment. Matthew started a Kickstarter campaign to fund the building of a statue to honor her in her hometown of Paris, <laughs> and is currently in the process of funding a location for it. Paris definitely has a lot of stray cats. Oh, yes. Yeah, there you go. This, whatever Paris's NASA is. 
I don't know. Yeah. FASA. French, okay. French American <laughs> Space Association. Close. Wait, what is... Yeah, wait. NASA's North American... Space Spa- Administration? Is it North American or is it... It wouldn't be National American. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Association. What does NASA stand for? National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Ah. So they can all be NASA. Yes, they can all be NASA. Everyone can have a NASA. Everyone is everyone and is NASA. You get a NASA and okay. you get a NASA. Every country gets a NASA. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's nice of them to not like put ownership in the name. Yeah. No, this is America's space program. It's like no, it's everybody's space program theoretically. Speaking of space programs, we're going to head over to Study Hall. This is where I tell you about all the latest science and technology and uh, just cool studies you should be aware of in the field of science. And uh, off of Felicette, speaking of historical cats, we all know already the buffest cats around were the saber-toothed tigers, but science is now showing... Do we know that? Yes. They're super buff. Oh my gosh. Okay is now showing their kittens were also super buff. <laughs> they were literally born completely ripped and maintained their girth through kittenhood into adulthood. Most muscly animals pack on the bulk as they grow, but these kittens are born with it all and tend to grow into it like a house cat would grow into their large ears. This was discovered while comparing growth charts from limb bones recovered from the tar pits uh, compared to growth charts of other cats. The robustness and marrow ratios are indicators of how much weight the cat would be carrying around, and ancient cats weren't exactly binging on Fancy Feast all day. Mm -hmm. More studying is going to be done, but for now, it's safe to say saber-toothed kittens were the buffest babies of their species. How long until we're gonna uh, clone saber-toothed tigers? Honestly? What? Probably won't be that long. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the next I mean, story? It's gonna, no. It's going to be very silly, though, because it's like the way that we're bringing back the woolly mammoth right now with CRISPR. Um, we're not just going to, like, inject the dino DNA into an into a frog egg and, and bingo, bango, there's a dinosaur. Um, it uses a lot of elephant DNA, its closest relative, mm. and we're going to make weird, like, close mishmashes of mammoth elephants until we get what could possibly be the closest to it through right. breeding. Uh, yeah. It's probably going to be the same thing. Well, it's... <clears throat> I mean, that's no different than how cloning works. Like... Yeah. <clears throat> everybody thinks cloning is the same as copying. Like, I can clone myself and there's an adult Ben. When the yeah. reality is you take... Cloning is taking all my exact DNA, impregnating somebody with it, and then you give birth to literally a... DNA copy of me, but it's still a baby that eventually has to grow up. Yes. And would ultimately be a different person than me because, you know, <clears throat> nature versus nurture, and they'd be similar to me, but they wouldn't have the same life experiences. So, yeah. Yeah, like, same thing, except yeah. you, you have steps in between. Yeah. You have to go through a breeding program. Right. Yeah. It's no different than, um, or I shouldn't say no different. It's very similar to how, like, <clears throat> when you uh, breed a, create when you create a new like dog breed, and you have to go through a lot of selective yeah. breeding to get the traits you want. 
So you're basically selective breeding a woolly mammoth by turning on certain genes until you get the thing that looks the most like the woolly mammoth. Right. That's cool, I guess. It is. Yeah. Okay. It's, I don't know, when you break it all down, it's less fun than... We extracted the DNA from the bone marrow in the tar pits. Well, that's all science. And then, if you and then we, and then it, we, way more we exciting. shoved it in an elephant egg, and poof, there's a woolly mammoth baby. Elephant like, egg. Yeah. What? No, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It just that's not what I visioned in my head for a second. <laughs> Elephants there, really lay funny. eggs, Sarah. Yeah. Didn't you know? Shush. Okay. Gigantic <laughs> eggs. Oh. Okay, so here's a rather interesting study. Cats have dominant paws like we do hands, and which one it is is largely determined by the cat's gender. Female cats prefer their right, while male cats tend to be left paw dominant. This is important for you to know about your own pet cat. You miss the opportunity to be cute and say south paws. Because when else are you ever going to get to say South Paws? I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> okay. Boy cats tend to be South Paws. Yeah. Uh, this is important for you to know about your own pet cat as cats that didn't have a strong preference were more likely to be less healthy. Huh. Uh, the study documented house cats' preferences for which paw led in walking, jumping, stepping over obstacles, and attempting to solve a maze puzzle. This isn't a connection observed only in cats either. Left-limbed dogs are shown to be more prone to stress than dogs that lead with their right. Huh. So. Gotta pay attention, pay attention to, to Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> See if he's left-pawed. How do you even... I don't even know how you test for that. Like, with a dog. With a cat, it's like, yeah, dangle a string in front of it every single day for a month and document which paw it instinctively reaches out with first. But, like, the dog doesn't really do things with his paws. He just walks. Yeah. So I don't know how you, yeah, how you track that exactly. Probably just like <laughs> documenting every time a dog started walking, like which paw did he lead with? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Also, our dog doesn't do a lot with his paws, but I know there are other dogs that play a lot more and like bad at you with well, their paws. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Unlike ours, he's very, he's very stressed and scared, but he's getting better. Okay, uh, earlier this year, you dropped your pencil. Yeah. Earlier this year, the American Physical Society, the second largest physics organization in the world, has announced they are going to make certain scientific articles free to the public, so long as the articles were authored by a cat. <laughs> this announcement was an April Fool's joke, but there oh, is, in fact, okay. one I... article authored by a cat. I thought it was co-authored. That cat's name is FDC Willard, or Chester. You wait for it. And in 1975, his name appeared on an article about the low-temperature physics of helium-3 isotopes. Yeah. The paper also credited Michigan State University physics professor Jack Hetherington, who owned the seven-year-old Siamese. Yeah, I knew about this. I'm getting to the good part. Hold on. But for those who don't haven't heard this story... He had labored over the paper for a great length of time before realizing he had made a specific grammatical error. He used we instead of I, despite being the only human author. 
In a world before computer word processing, Jack thought about the amount of time it would take to retype the paper and decided it would be much easier to add a co-author. <laughs> Most of the faculty saw right through it, being fairly familiar with the cat, but one student who sought him out with a question about the research brought the ruse to light. <laughs> but Chester's influence didn't end there. The physics department was able to inflate one particular statistic by including the cat in their list of published authors. <laughs> One team of researchers writing on the same subject couldn't agree on a version of their paper to publish, so they put Chester's name on it instead of any of theirs. He's the only credited author of that paper. Oh, wow. And finally, he has been cited over 50 times in subsequent papers on the topic of helium-3 <laughs> isotopes. There's a proud tradition in science of putting your pet's name on the papers that you publish. Really? There's the, one that was a parrot, there's one that was a dog, I think there was one that was a horse. Huh. For different reasons. Interesting. Yeah. The world of publishing scientific papers, as I'm starting to realize, the more and more I have to read them for school and, like, write mock versions of them, it's very silly. Well, yeah, I mean, you get, you gotta, you gotta, like, we're human. You gotta live a little. So, you can justify it, too. It's like, I wouldn't have got through this research if my cat, cat wasn't there with me. Yeah. Like, helping me keep my sanity. Like, yeah. it's a completely reasonable thing. Like, this would not have happened without them. Totally reasonable. Yes. And hilarious. Alright, and now we're gonna go to the local fluff. Oh, this no. is where we talk about all the fluffy pet celebrity local news stories that aren't necessarily important, but I think you should <laughs> still know about them. And to start us off... Ben, you and I are very familiar with the stigma surrounding black cats. Yes. Yes, we have one of our own. She's beautiful and perfect, but most people do not opt for adopting a black cat for several reasons. The biggest being in North America, uh, Western culture, they are seen as a sign of bad luck. Well, pet shelters all over the country reported earlier this year that adoption of black cats spiked enormously with some local shelters adopting all of them out in days then what do you think was the reason for this sudden spike huh when was it earlier this year in the spring early early spring i felt like i heard about this mm -hmm. there was a specific cultural event that happened um Solo, a Star Wars story. No, but you're... Han Solo adopts a black cat. No, but you're on... Nobody saw that movie, so it right... definitely wouldn't have been that one. You're on the right path. Oh, what movie had a black cat in it? Or show. <laughs> that we watched, probably. We didn't watch it. I want to oh. wa see it badly, but we haven't seen it oh. yet. Okay, well then that explains why I don't know the answer. What? The success of the film of the Marvel film Black Panther. Oh right, okay. That's not only was. made serious box office. Yeah, bank. now we just outed ourselves as like the biggest losers on the internet. You still haven't seen Black Panther? What's wrong with you? Because I'm in losers. grad school and I barely had time to go see movies. I'm waiting for it to come to Netflix. I just oh. saw Thor Ragnarok. Right. Anyway. Uh, Black Panther not only made serious box office bank, but inspired thousands to take home a new friend that they could appropriately name T'Challa after the leading man. One Dallas shelter in particular held a promotion, adopt a black cat and get two free tickets to see Black Panther. Oh. The shelter didn't have enough black cats to keep up with the demand. 
Or tickets to Black Panther. Each of these shelters ensures they have a secure name, background check. Name my black cat Michael B. Jordan. Oh, he played T'Challa, right? No, I think it, he played... Killmonger? The v- villain, yeah. Okay. Maybe. I don't remember. Oh, we need who. to watch the movie. Clearly. I, I just know he likes anime a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the shelter didn't have... Yeah, okay. Uh, each of these shelters ensures that they have a secure background check policy... And so they don't fear a mass return later down the line. Oh, okay. Yes. And they, I, I kind of, like, scanned through and checked. There were no subsequent reports of, like, oh, all these black cats were sent back to the shelter. No. People adopted their black cats and they kept them and loved them. Well, yeah, because once you have a cat, it's like, don't get rid You of have it. a cat now. Yeah, you have a cat now. <clears throat> There's a fixture in your home that you have to feed from time to time. Yes, in celebrity news, it's not unusual to hear about costumed heroes visiting children's hospitals to spread happiness and cheer. The 501st Legion of Professional Star Wars cosplayers makes a habit of it, as do other folks dressing up as Batman, Captain America, and Wonder Woman. But it's not that often, though, that one can expect to run into THE Wonder Woman herself. Gal Gadot, who played the heroine in the DC film, visited the Children's Hospital in Falls Church, Virginia. Oh, wow. She made an impromptu appearance... That's nearby. Yeah. She made an impromptu appearance in full costume and made a day of visiting with patients and families, as well as stunning the staff. Gadot is taking a break from filming Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel which is being shot in Virginia. Oh, wow. And continued her reputation... What? Yeah. It's, it's being shot here right now. This was three days ago this happened. How have we not gone and invaded that set to try because to... Because we're being respectful. We gotta get on as extras. Oh my gosh. We have a mi- mildly not famous podcast. <laughs> Our washing machine is unfortunately making a terrible noise. I apologize if that's picking up. I'm sure it is. It is. Okay. Uh, so her... Yeah, her... The sequel's being shot here in Virginia... And she's continuing her reputation for humanitarian efforts and ambassadorship, in other words, being Wonder Woman. Yay. Yeah. I didn't think anybody shot any movies in Virginia. I other than we just... that Lincoln movie. Well, that's true. Well, yeah, I just thought, like, well, I guess this is historical. Yeah. But not in the 80s. 1984. It's apparently, like, supposed to be a Cold War thriller. I'm so excited for this. Right, but there's no, like, cool Cold War monuments in Virginia, so that's why I'm like, usually it's it's stuff, usually the historical stuff here is, you know, 17 and 1800s stuff that's shot here. That's why the Lincoln movie was shot here. Well, specifically in Richmond because of the Civil War. Right, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying the monuments and old historic buildings and all that all yeah. relate to the 17 and 1800s. There's nothing super 80s. Like, you don't need a specific location other than just avoid something that looks like modern matchstick houses to shoot and have it be like, yep, that looks like the 80s bunch of houses built in the 50s and 60s yeah looks like the 80s yeah because it also looks like the 90s and the aughts and now because those houses are all still standing mm-hmm. so it's just weird that they chose virginia for that usually we just have a lot of tv shows shot in, in parts of virginia i've noticed so that's all I was, oh yeah that's why yeah we curious. are having a lot of tv shows shot here aren't we but maybe there's a tax break going on or something maybe okay 
in Oklahoma, an advertising company is home to a cat named <laughs> Cashnip Kitty. Hold on. What did that last one have to do with cats? Well, Ben, after seven What's New Pussycats, you have to put in it and it's not unusual. You were just hoping. <laughs> you were just hoping I'd ask that. I knew you would. Oh my god. I knew you would. I quit. <laughs> like, did you did you even remember that I started that story with it's not unusual? No. <laughs> oh my god. So proud of yourself. All right, let's talk this about- is the best episode ever. I get to prank Ben. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about Cashnip Kitty. Cash, say that one again. Cashnip, like catnip, but cash. Cash. Because they're a marketing. Also, cash is all capitalized, and the rest of it is not. Okay. I just okay, yeah, that okay. So the adorable Maine Coon was adopted to be a mouse hunter, but the staff soon found out his resume left out one or two very important talents. At the start of one work week, the staff came in to find a pile of $1 bills <laughs> sitting on an office desk. After some investigation, it was determined that Cashnip Kitty moonlit as a hustler. <laughs> he would sit by the glass door and entice passersby to come play with him. It started with one person who pushed a dollar bill halfway through the crack in the door to use as a jiggling toy, and Cashnip would aggressively snatch it away. People enjoyed watching him do this and would continue to feed him dollar bills that were piling up and advertising to even more people to come pay the adorable cat. Wow. The office team decided that Cashnip's talents should help a good cause, so they put a sign on the door that reads, Cashnip Kitty is a hustler with a philanthropic heart. He will snatch your money and donate it to the Tulsa Day Center for the Homeless. Cashnip Kitty says slide a dollar through the slot and great blessings will follow. <laughs> Since he has raised $100 for the shelter, and you can find cute photos and videos of Cashnip on his official Facebook page. Aww. And next story. Seven-year-old Madden Humphreys has not one but two rare genetic conditions. He has a cleft lip and heterochromia. For those not familiar, that means his eyes are two different colors and only 1% of the population has this. Madden is incredibly special, but because of his differences, he is often bullied at school. It can be easy to feel really down on yourself under these circumstances. Unless you find a one-in-a-million friend who is just like you. Whoa. Moon the Kitty was found in Minnesota with a cleft lip and heterochromia. Oh, wow. The Humphreys knew they had to adopt him, and so they traveled from Oklahoma to adopt Moon, and the two are the best of friends. They even have an Instagram page with adorable photos of the two of them together, and they are so cute and perfect, and they are best friends, and it's so sweet. Please go look. <laughs> and um, Madden is a huge proponent of anti-bullying and feeling good about yourself, and he's a really sweet boy. So congratulations Aww. to both of them. That's so beautiful. And finally, in the state didn't, of California. Didn't little bub have a cleft lip? I believe she does, yes. Or does, sorry. Yeah, she's she's still kicking. She's yeah. an ambassador for uh, for kitties. Uh, in the state of California, one woman became the image of myself in 50 years. Linnea Latanzio is a self-described cat lady who would rather have 800 cats than one more man. 
<laughs> Linnea adopts kittens without parents and cats in danger of being put down at shelters and lets them live in our home. A 4,200-square-foot home on 12 acres of land now set aside as a sanctuary for lost and lonely domestic cats. Called the Cat House on the King, she no longer personally lives there herself, but 45 volunteers... The cats live there. Yes. 45 volunteers run the shelter that currently houses 800 adult cats and 300 kittens. Jeez. The area has been in use for 24 years, and in that time, they've saved 24,000 cats. Good lord. You can, in fact, adopt these cats. And also, there's two dogs on their site available <laughs> for adoption from this home. Oh. Anyway, uh, the website is cathouseonthekings.com. And in honor of our 50th episode, I would be so grateful if if everyone can go just donate a dollar. <clears throat> To oh, yeah. Cat House on the Kings because it it costs a thousand dollars a day to run this shelter. I believe it with that many cats. They they do have sponsorships and it's completely run by volunteers. Like Petco sponsors them. Right. Um, but they do heavily rely on donations and any help it would be great. And so I really appreciate that if people could do that. Yeah, she said she actually uh lived with all these cats for eight years. And the reason why she moved out was because she said she was tired of trying to go to sleep at night with 60 cats in her room. Yeah. And I was like, you're weak. Okay. <laughs> but no, I watched videos and looked at photos of the place, and it's it's impressively clean. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd have to make that a priority, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, it is super clean, and the cats look so happy. I've never seen so many different breeds of cat in one area. I could point oh. out so many. It was wonderful. I love it. <laughs> I love this lady. She's wonderful. Okay. And... The next segment is the Vintage Report. Uh, this is where I find a periodical from the past and tell you all the interesting or funny things that I found in it. And this week's uh, is a little bit more recent than normal, but it's the June 2015 issue of Catster Magazine, a.k.a. the rebranded Cat Fancy for Millennials. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, Cat is Fancy... Is it the same company? Yes, Cat Fancy uh, went out of print in 2015 oh. and rebranded as Catster. They have a mostly online presence now, but they do still have um, a magazine sent out if you sign up for it. Wow. Believe me, I tried to find an online version of an old Cat Fancy. If I had thought about this earlier than literally today, I would have gone on eBay and bought a 1996 <laughs> issue of Cat Fancy. You can get a lot of 20 for like $5. <laughs> FYI, if you want Cat Fancy magazines. Okay. I would have been so angry with you. You wouldn't have known until right now. No, if you bought a box of 20... Cat I'd, Fancy magazines? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'd be really They angry. come in lots. I'm okay. sorry. This doesn't matter. Okay. So like most magazines, it starts off with a things we're obsessed with page. Cats. Well, yeah. And it's the obvious answer. This list includes cat-shaped wine bottles from Mosseland, cat stuck in a birdcage socks from Modsock, 
A book that had just came out at the time called Famous Artists and Their Cats with Salvador Dali and his ocelot on the cover. <laughs> as well as a shout out to the hardworking feral felines of Disneyland. Uh, ben, are you worried that Sheila is sadly pining after you while you're at work all day? No. <laughs> Pretty sure she uh, she's fine. Well, good news, because now you can pay $170 for a device that connects to your home Wi-Fi with an HD camera that will send photos to your iPhone. What could go wrong with that? Uh, it's designed so you can talk to your cat and dispense treats. But if we're learning anything about having Wi-Fi connected devices everywhere, it's a bad idea. <laughs> it's just there to DDoS you. Yeah. It's going to mine Bitcoin Yeah. while you look at your cat. I, I, I like the Vintage Vintage Report because this is the part of the podcast where I get to be really sassy. Uh-huh. Um, there's an Arts and Crafts article about how to make a bed for your cat using a vintage suitcase. And I'm not trying to be mean here. I understand it's for the aesthetic and getting likes on Instagram and Pinterest, but there are so many tools, materials, and steps involved in this project, and I can't stop thinking about how happy our cat is when she gets a new tiny cardboard box. Right. (laughs) They also have a... Although, like, she does love getting in the suitcase specifically. Yeah, but only when we're trying to put stuff in it. Oh wait, no, that's not true. No, if you as long leave as the suitcase if it's out, unzipped, she... she will get in there. Yeah, yeah, she loves that suitcase. It smells like elsewhere. I guess, yeah, that must be why. Uh, they also have a rundown on phone apps made for cats, such as one that is just a small skittering bug across the screen, a mouse that makes a chewing noise, moving Oops. fish that leave paint splotches when the cat hits it, and an electronic laser pointer. But my favorite is the human-to-cat translator. You record what you want to say into the app, and then it translates it into mews and yells, so your cat knows what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, disclaimer, it's not <laughs> actually re- translating human speech into cat. I want it to go the other way. Oh, jeez. I want to record... I want what the dog's having. <laughs> Get a job. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Get another ch- I want the wet food. Give me the wet food. I want to be like you. <laughs> okay. Can't rip off another podcast. Okay. Um, now, in a modern day cat magazine, we're not going to get the busybody section, but we are going to get weird reader stories. The editor asks, where's the weirdest place you had to stash a litter box? And my favorite... <laughs> How is that even a question? Um, Stash a litter box? Yeah. Where do you keep it? Where do you keep it? Most of them are like, well, yeah, that seems like a sensible place to put a litter box. But this one, I loved. They included photographs. Uh, It's a plastic storage container, like one of those big ones, uh, that they put in their garage that just looks completely normal from the front. But in the back, there's a hole cut out, and it's backed up against a cat door flap. And it has this integrated LED motion detector. It has a dust ventilation system and an odor elimination system. So they can open up the lid if they need to get to the cat for whatever reason or to clean it out. And, like, the cat can just walk in and out, do its business in complete comfort and go back in the house. And from the garage, you think that's just a storage container. Huh. Yeah, I thought you'd be interested in that. But that means they had to cut a hole somewhere and install... Wait, so where's the cat door lead? Back into the house? Yes. 
So they had to cut a hole and install a cat door. Mm-hmm. Okay. Into the garage. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Weird. Um, but just like vintage newspapers, there was just random jokes. I liked this one. Cat eats some cheese, then waits for a mouse with bated breath. Do you get it? Because uh, uh, the cat baited its breath. Right. For the, it's cheese is bait for mice. Right. That's the joke. It's the joke. Uh, there's a section called... Cat is lactose intolerant. There's a section called Cat People Problems, and one person who wrote, uh, does indeed have a problem, uh, her cat hates hearing her talk on the phone. As soon as the phone rings, her cat jumps into her lap and bats at her, rubs her, and screams until she hangs up. <laughs> then the cat just walks away to do whatever it was doing before. <laughs> um, that's not a cat people problem. That's a your cat problem. <laughs> I don't have... Everything else was just like, yeah, if you own a cat, like, yeah, your, your cat bites your ankles, like, your cat screams about food. Like, oh, this is not normal. That's wonderful. <laughs> Specifically, your, ha- your cat hates your phone. Uh, the featured breed of the month is the Berman, which I thought was a Persian cat with a normal cat face. It's exactly what it looks like. Uh, but here's Ooh. something fun. It's tradition for Berman breeders to give all kittens born in the same year a name that starts with the same letter. Like, there's coordination amongst all the breeders over this. So all Bermans born in 2015 had a name that started with the letter M. Huh. Yep. I guess there's not many breeders. There's probably not, no. No. Yeah. Uh, There's a what kind of cat... Persian with a normal face. Yes. Not squish face. Yeah. There's a what kind of cat are you quiz. I'm a Mm. snuggly kitty, if anybody was wondering. Oh, not what breed. Yeah, I was hoping it was breed, but it was more like what... It was the most basic of basic personality (laughs) quizzes. Are you are you snuggly or bossy or aloof or like yeah? <laughs> or do you beat people? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, finally, in the back, the Adventures of Business Cat uh, comic that was pretty big on the internet. It runs in this magazine now. Oh wow! Yeah. I, so wait, I think I remember business. It's like cat. a completely normal human, except for the head is a cat, and it just it makes cat jokes. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. Business cat. It's very cute. Okay. All right, and we're going to end it the way we always end it, uh, with our Damien the Pigeon update. No cats involved. Uh, Wolfie says, good news. Damien attended his second... Couldn't get Damien to make friends with a cat. (laughs) Probably not safe for Damien. Damien attended his second New York Fairy Festival. We talked about this... uh, Last year, Damien went there, yeah, over the weekend, and he was amazing. He still hates the bagpipes that come by in the Fairy Queen's procession, but he was much more polite and relaxed with the kids and seemed to have a fun time both at the booth and at camp in the evenings. Wolfie also sent me a photo of Damien. It was so precious. I love that pigeon so much. So, Ben, what's your good news that is related to cats? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> you don't have to make it cat related. I don't even have regular good news. Oh, like, I don't know. It's 
been a hard week. Yeah, it has. I'm sorry. The joint commission's almost over. That's yeah, good news. that is good news. For those who don't know, joint commission is a very special organization that will pop up in your hospital and spend a week taking over everything oh, and you, rating they, you. You pay them to be there. Yes, you pay them to be there because they rate you. You pay and, them to be there and tell you how bad you are at things. And then, and then they tell the rest of the world how bad you are at those things. Right. We pay other companies to come in and pretend to be the Joint Commission and give us graded uh, report cards. What a racket. What a racket. They they're are not a... even a government entity. Everybody acts like, oh, they're government. It's like, no, they're no, not. They're, they're not regulatory. They're just ratings. Right. They're not like Medicare, Medicaid services. But yep. it's almost over. Tomorrow's the last day. Um, they already did the OR on Monday. That was like their first thing. All of our mm. meetings were canceled. So... Mm. That's almost over, and I'm sure we did okay. Yep. I gotta be on my midterm. That's my good news. Good job. Yes, thank you. Um, alright. This was a fun episode for me. Um, <laughs> I want to thank Onslaught 6 for making the theme music. You can search Bandcamp, uh, search Reapers for more of his and his wife's really cool stuff. I want to thank everybody who listens to the podcast, shares the podcast, goes on iTunes, and leaves a rating and review for the podcast. You're awesome. You help me keep doing this. You're the reason we made it to 50 plus episodes, but specifically 50 episodes of this. (laughs) What? It's weird. Like, I know they're related to you. They're under the Good News Net... Oh, wait. Good News Network is an actual thing. Um, they're under the good news banner. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> they're just under the Sarah banner. It just doesn't... The Sarah family of products. Yeah. If you want to do another podcast, let me know. Okay. Um, so yes. Uh, until next time. I don't uh, think you have the bandwidth to do another pro- podcast. Maybe I don't, but SoundCloud does. But I'm Sarah. I'm Ben. And this has been The Good News. Don't Don't read read the the comments. comments.